can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Welcome to the Talking Pools podcast. I'm Andrea, my normal co-host, Rudy. It's Rudy Stankowitz, and... (laughs) So we have two guest hosts today. We have Kelly Clancy, and we have Tim Graham. Have you heard people say, at any point in time in your career, don't use liquid chlorine because it increases the total dissolved solids. Don't use calcium hypochlorite because it's going to increase your calcium level. Don't use trichlor... That's going to increase your cyanuric acid level. What the f*** are you supposed to use? Everything that goes into that body of water increases something, and everything increases total dissolved solids. That's what it is. Total dissolved solids is just a measure of everything that's dissolved in that body of water. Is it important? For sure. I think it's important. It's important to test. it's important. And I'm surprised how many people don't know what total dissolved solids is. You know a lot of people that don't know what it is, you're saying? Oh, yeah. How do we, how do we measure the, the everything? You know, if we just want to measure everything in the water, what do we got to do? The f*** I know. We gotta, maybe we could call it total dissolved dissolve salt. Total, you know, total being the whole thing. Oh, I love that. Total, I love that. But how do we get people to buy Well, let's tell them. Let's tell them that's how old the water is in the pool. Then they'll pay attention. I, I would agree with her, with, with Kelly, that, that it's a dry subject. I still feel there are a lot of professionals that don't know what it is. And it makes it hard for the customers. Because I've had jobs where I go to and the pool is green. They haven't drained the pool in 25 years. And when I tell them that their total dissolved salt is too high, they're like, you're crazy. No one's ever told me about total dissolved solids and it being an issue. And we're going to get a second opinion or a third opinion. People used to say that it's the way that you gauge the age of the water. I had one guy, he hadn't drank in 25 years. I even did what he told me to do to prove him I was right. He still had to go to Leslie's and talk to the man, tell him you have to drain your pool. Um, and then he wanted to listen. It's very, very important. Yeah, then he, he apologized. He's like an 85-year-old man. So, you know, he's back in the 1940 <laughs> mentality. But, um, yeah. no, it's just totals all solids is ultimately a huge problem and people need to understand that. Not a lot of people talk about it. Not a lot of people test for it, but I think it's important to look at, especially in today's age when you've got pricing, price increases like crazy. And so you're trying to minimize the amount of money you're putting into the pool, but at the same time you do want to keep it safe and clear. Uh, but TDS can be a problem, especially when you're coming up on a pool that you've never seen before and you're trying to learn what's going on. And the customer could have compounded this issue 10 times by using different products or having different things attached to the pool. And then it, it has really become an issue, like Kelly said, someone who hasn't drained a pool in, in 20 years or added any water to it. Now it's gotten rainfall and things like that. So a lot of things you, you can do to minimize TDS. You've heard people say, 
that rainwater has no calcium. Rainwater is pure. Rainwater has nothing in it. That's not true either. I mean, initially, maybe when it starts out in the cloud, but as that rain precipitates, anything that's in the air, like a giant filter, the rainwater carries it down with it and adds it to your swimming pool. There are a lot of studies throughout the nation, throughout the world, where rainwater is tested, freestanding collector, not talking about roof runoff or anything like that, where they've detected levels of zinc, copper, and calcium in rainwater. And in fact, I'd go as far to say to one extent or another, it exists in rainwater everywhere, just simply because it's in the air. Well, I guess the ultimate would be... Uh, well, algae that you can't get rid of, a pool turns into a swamp, and no matter what you put in it, it does not change. Um, so pretty much you get problems that you just can't solve. Well, you get technically you get different types of algae because of it, believe it or not. I did not know that. Well, look <laughs> at it like this. Yeah. You know, you ever hear... You get more scale too, right? What? I did that on purpose. Yeah, of course. You get more scaling problems in addition to algae too. Drink. Right? may just want a drink. We've all heard that. that so next time we do this, should I be at a bar? No, should I be at a bar so that, you know, every time one of us interrupts you, you know, you should have it like all of us. You I can. I hope before the podcast is over. <laughs> you know, I've thought about doing that here, though. Just, I mean, being, yes. <laughs> but I would be too trash by the end of the show. If I had to take a sip every time. I don't get hammered while I do this show. Usually. (laughs) Well, all right. So we've all heard before that wearing a swimsuit in the ocean can result in black algae in a swimming pool. There's no black algae in the ocean? Black algae is a swimming, is specifically a swimming pool term as far as I know. I've never heard it used anywhere else. But don't most of us wash our bathing suits after we go to the beach? Well, yeah, so I guess, stricken. you know what? I'm wrong so, because we have it all over in the rivers here. So, And you know what? It has been in the ocean. Strike but it's not the, the point, record. though. Well, let me, all right. Can a tuna fish survive in a backyard pool? I don't think so. <sighs> I didn't used to. <laughs> no? Well, actually, I mean, I suppose no. it could because I have, listen, you ask me questions and then you get mad at me for answering when I talk <laughs> Now I've seen the same I've seen the same frog in the pool week to week to week and it always baffled me that the chlorine didn't affect it because when you go buy frogs from the pet store which is a very expensive setup to get they tell you don't use tap water because there's chlorine in your tap water and that will kill the frog but I show up to thousands of them in pools weekly so I don't know where I was going with that but there's definitely I'm going to say no. It's it's a tuna fish. It's it's fresh fresh water, not salt water. Yes. Salt water things don't grow in fresh water. Fresh water things don't grow Damn. in salt water. Ooh, there you it's go. That's just how it is. What about Nile crocodiles? They go in both. This is where I'm inserting the cricket sound. Not Nile crocodiles. <laughs> There's crocodiles that go in Florida. That go in yep. both. <laughs> True story. The How to Get Rid of Swimming Pool Algae Handbook, written by pool water chemistry expert Rudy Stankowitz, will be the most comprehensive guide on algae prevention and remediation you will ever own. Algae is the single most encountered swimming pool problem noted worldwide, but it doesn't have to be a problem for you. Purchase your copy of the How to Get Rid of Swimming Pool Algae Handbook on Amazon, today. 
So, no, but that's the whole thing. And algae is no different. So if we look at freshwater genus of algae, like even green algae, for example, right? We know brackish water starts somewhere around 1,200 parts per million. The ocean's, what, 30,000 parts per million, right? The TDS of the ocean. 1,200 parts per million, which is what one-third of the salt level that we shoot for, one-third of what we do to the in a saltwater pool when we add the salt. Green algae doesn't grow well at levels above 1,200 parts per million. There's a term for it. They call it TDS toxicity. 1,200 parts per million, green algae doesn't grow well. 1,800 parts per million and higher, mustard algae doesn't grow well. Doesn't mean it won't grow at all. Just means it grows much, much slower. Even black algae, cyanobacteria, as we've spoken about, 2,400 parts per million or higher does not grow so well. That's because these are freshwater species. Now, if Kelly's having these massive swamp pools and the TDS levels beyond 4,000, 5,000 parts per million, we're getting into a whole different realm here. We're not dealing with the same thing that we deal with in that freshwater pool. You're dealing with something that is much more tenacious and much harder to kill. So one of the easiest ways to do that is to take away the water that they're used to. And that's why her solution is so perfect. Chances are, if you've walked up to a pool that has four, three, four, five thousand ppm of TDS, it has other issues that are going to require draining anyway. Um, I can't tell you yeah. the amount of pools I walk up to where uh, cyanuric acid is two hundred plus, and they also have high TDS and other related issues. So draining would fix a lot of ills, a lot of problems. Well, sometimes it's cheaper and easier, right, than yeah. to chase yeah. chemicals. So it's, and these are pools that have never been drained. Yeah. They, they never drained the water maybe when they had like a storm, but you know, in California, when was the last time we really had a storm that can drain a pool? Yeah. It's just, I don't know if I've ever had TDS that high. That's crazy. I mean, you know, with the salt, yeah, that's accounted for, but I, I don't think I've ever seen over like 4,000. You got to keep it lower than that. Otherwise, it's just going to be nothing but problems and expensive for the service person. Well, people think that they need to let water out when it's raining out down here because for some reason, a pool that's going to overflow, like, yeah, the world explode water all over. I don't know what people think. <laughs> well, here's the here's the other problem with this TDS issue, because right now. We're talking about levels of three, four, five thousand parts per million for total dissolved solids, and I'm assuming not saltwater pools, because in a saltwater pool, we know we're going to be somewhere between three and four thousand parts per million anyway. But these levels, we're using electrical conductivity sensors to get these readings, and there's a problem with that. Electrical conductivity sensors can only read things in the water that actually hold an electrical charge. So you're not getting the full picture because there can definitely be things in the water that do not hold an electrical charge. So like sugar, like if you've had a cup of coffee and you put cream and sugar in it, you're not going to have a reading in your TDS meter. Is that correct? Well, you're not going to pick up the sugar. It's not going to read the sugar, but you know, the sugar's there. Correct. So the example I like to give, there's four of us here right now. If all four of us went to the same pot of coffee, poured ourselves each a cup of coffee. And the only difference was the amount of sugar that we put in it. 
Maybe Tim uses none. Andrea uses like five pounds. Kelly, maybe a spoonful, whatever. Every one of our cups of coffee. I'm sweet enough. I don't need that much sugar. Crickets. They would all measure the same total dissolved solids level if we used an electrical conductivity sensor because sucrose doesn't hold an electric charge. And that meter cannot read things that don't hold an electric charge. So that's why this is only an estimate at best. So out there in the wild, when we're out there in the field, we're using these meters, but you're only getting a part of the picture. The only true way for us to get... Oh, that scares me now. I'm sorry. But there's this method called gravimetric, which will scare you even more because you're not going to be able to do it. It's the, This is the way that you get a true reading. And what is you have to do... Is this measuring the specific gravity? No. Oh, okay. I had a customer ask me if I was going to do that in a salt pool one time. (laughs) No, but what we are going to do is we're going to talk about the gravimetric method of measuring TDS, which requires you to either boil off or let the water evaporate into the point where all you have is what was left behind. And then you weigh that on a scale and through a bunch of nifty math, calculate what the total dissolved solids level is. That's the only true way to do this. So there are definitely things out there in the environment that do not have an electric charge. So we're not picking those things up on those meters. So would you say using strips, a combination of strips and like a meter would be good or just, I mean, would you need to do both or could you just use the strips? For total dissolved solids? Yes. There's a test um, AquaCheck. Yeah, AquaCheck makes one. Is it accurate? Does it? I mean, obviously, if we're comparing How it to am the I East, supposed to know? If I, I know. I just told you the there's no way to know test. if this is accurate anymore. So who knows? <laughs> Use whatever you want. Just monitor it. I think that's what it comes down to. The goal well, is the, the strips would measure what the meter measures plus what it doesn't. Correct? Am I? Is that? A, I'm not sure what they do to the strips to enable them to measure. To be honest with you, but the whole point is, okay. is that we measure and we make some type of an adjustment when we see a notable increase. I think that's what we need to shoot for. But even in its effect on the Langlier saturation index, TDS is not a huge part of that scale. It's only 0.1, right? Well, there's several different numbers, and it depends on whose formula you're using. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Well, there's been changes. So that's, and I don't know if you guys are up on those or not, but. There are, there are changes, and now there's uh, – if you've been using those, the PHTAs or the NSPF CPO formula calculations that we had been teaching now, it's no longer just 12.1 and 12.2. Those numbers have expanded a bit, so there are more numbers in there, and the ideal range is no longer just negative 0.3 to positive 0.3. It's now negative 0.3 to positive 0.5, which is more in line with what I think the National Plaster Council's numbers had been with. But I don't know of anybody who actually makes an app who has adjusted to this new method or not. So it does get all tricky. But the the whole point is that these things should be guidelines and that we're monitoring it. And we do do something when we see a noticeable change. Does that make sense? Perfect. Makes total sense. Yeah. Okay, good. So you don't need to be scared, Kelly. No, it scares me because if my 
if my uh, meter isn't calculating all of it and I'm getting these high numbers, I we can only imagine how high it is. She's absolutely right. It can be scary, but... Well, I'd, I'd like to, to talk about how, where one, where it's coming from, uh, especially if you're just walking up to a pool for the first time and the customer has been, been using uh, minerals or they're using uh, a liquid chlorine as their sole source of chlorine or they're using tablets as their sole source of chlorine. And let's say the, the tablets include copper sulfate, which can add to TDS. Let's say they're using a copper algicide, which can add to TDS. And there's certain things that customers are doing to compound their problems. And it's about a, finding out where it's coming from, addressing it, developing a plan to take care of it. Absolutely. And that's why it's also important to test your source water and see what you're starting with. So that way it can help you develop those plans. So if you start with a high TDS level in your tap water, maybe you'll want to go with a sanitizer that has a lower contribution to total dissolved solids. The same as over in this area, Georgia is historically known for having a very high calcium hardness level right out the tap. So we try not to use calcium hypochlorite in those pools just simply because why should the sanitizer raise the calcium level as well? So you are absolutely correct. That might not be the liquid market. True. So I know that from stuff I read, you know, like, no, I was going to say that from stuff I read, it's like you said, it kind of like phosphates, groundwater or fill water is going to have phosphates and it's going to have TDS, you know, because the water has, you know, from the, like where I live, there's a lot of farmland. So we have a lot of, we have probably like out of the tap, our phosphates are at 300 parts per million. And the same thing goes with the, the TDS. One article I read said that the Great Lakes has between uh, like 150 to 300 for total dissolved solids. So that's where you're going to start no matter what, because of what the environment is putting into the water. When you're out there testing pools, you should test water from their fill periodically. And if you're a service company and you're out there doing this for a living and you want to find out where these things are at, you should know that number as well. And then you should also keep in mind that those numbers do change. Especially if you have, uh, if you're having So you should test water, it frequently. Right? Because they do different treatments and stuff like that. So you never know what they're going to add to the water. The levels vary. It's, they're just, they're, they can change significantly. In a lot of cases, they don't, but they can. Or something new can happen. Kelly was talking about how she's surrounded by farmland, right? So they're using a lot of different fertilizers. They're spraying this stuff all over the place. I used to have the same problems with golf courses and phosphate levels in pools, just simply because it takes a lot of crap to keep the greens green. And anything they sprayed in the air, guess where it goes? Right in the pool. I mean, it goes everywhere else, too. So it's not like it all goes in the pool, but it goes in the pool. I used to have a sprinkler that would shoot directly over the pool. And I watched the sprinkler water going right in. It was horrific. I had nightmares. In the pool. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at blu-rayxl.com. Blu-ray all day. 
So all of these numbers, I'm going to give a couple of examples, um, but these are all going to be based on 10,000 gallons of water. Um, so just keep that in mind. So one gallon of sodium hypochlorite um, will add 12 parts per million of free, avail uh, free available chlorine uh, to the 10,000 gallons, like I said, and then that will increase the TDS by 28 parts per million. Then if you have, all right, so 15 ounces of trichlor will add 10 parts per million of free available chlorine, but will also add 10 parts per million of TDS, or will increase the TDS by 10 parts per million. Then if you add CalHypo, um, if you add 20 ounces to 10,000 gallons, you will get, uh, this will raise your total dissolved solids by 15 parts per, mil per million. Excuse me. And this one surprised me because I knew this, but I didn't know the specifics on it. So even muriatic acid will raise total dissolved solids by 1.4 parts per million. How much muriatic acid? What did I you say? Didn't. Did I say it? A cup. Sorry. Okay. A cup of muriatic acid. Well, that acid, makes sense because there's crazy. a lot of solids in no. muriatic acid. What? What? Like what? I thought that that- Like a lot. Be dissolved- that's why they call them total dissolved <laughs> solids. Dissolve solids. Yes. We're not counting the things that don't dissolve. <laughs> it's uh one pound of anything in ten thousand gallons of water will give you about a will give you a twelve part per million increase in total dissolved solids. Now, have any of you all ever experienced uh, galvanic corrosion in, in pools? Yes. Uh -huh. I've seen it, yeah. Well, if I could send you some pictures of my dad's pool, <laughs> when I last did his liner replacement three years ago, uh, you could see exactly uh, a pool that's been in the ground for 40 years, um, what that looks like. And it, it, it can look pretty yep. bad. It can destroy a pool pretty quickly, especially a, a, a galvanized steel wall vinyl liner pool. I've always found it more inter most interesting when you take the customer out and you're trying to explain to them. With a light ring, it's kind of hard to tell because the whole thing is submerged. So it's not as modeled as you would think it would be. But if you're looking at the handrail on a pool where half of it's out and it still has that nice shiny chrome color to it, and then the part beneath the water is dull and darkened, right? It, it almost has a patina to it now from the corrosion and as the waves move, you can see the difference in the coloring. It's really kind of interesting. So how do you go about convincing a customer? We talked about it. They're all afraid that draining water costs a million dollars because that's the number. It's a million dollars. Yes, they do. How do you convince them? How do you convince them otherwise? And well, when your neighbor tells you, Oh, I drained my pool. <laughs> oh my god i had one i tried telling them that we need to drain and they're like well my neighbor drained her pool a few months ago and she said it was a thousand dollar bill i'm like they lied to you it's like forty dollars hey you just unfortunately you just have to tell them like this is what's going to happen otherwise i'm going to have to charge you five hundred dollars a month to take care of your pool should you do that and you still won't be able to enjoy it you know just pretty much this is how it is i do I agree. If there's something wrong with their pool. I tell them you, in my area, we tell customers. Yeah. We tell them probably on average, they need to drain their pool every five years. 
And if you already are telling them that and explain why, like TDS, that's about how long it takes to climb up there along with the other chemicals if your pool's being treated correctly. It's about every five years. And like I said, in my area. And they're fine if you have them already prepared about that. But it, when you go there for the first time, you're like, yep, we got to drain your pool. And they're like, but it's crystal clear. It looks great. I'm like, yeah, right now, if another month when it starts heating up and we'll have nothing but problems and you're going to be charged for algicide and all these things I'm having to put into your pool to try to, to kill it. And eventually it'll get to the point where we can't do anything. And to Kelly's, I, and, and like Kelly said, you know what? Don't let that eat into your profits. That's not your fault. You gave them the diagnosis. You told them what they need to do. If they're not going to do it, you need to either charge them more or get rid of them. There shouldn't be no in-between. There's no reason that your chemical costs should increase for that pool, and that pool should be less yep. profitable than everyone else's because they don't listen. And like she said, too, if you prime them up for that information, um, they're likely to be more receptive to it when it is time instead of, like she said, just rolling up and being like, all right, let's drain it, and then they everybody flips <laughs> out. No, agreed, 100%. 100%. I almost said parts per million. Yeah. <laughs> we should start doing that. Pool Magazine is the hottest new publication featuring up-to-the-minute news on what's happening in the pool world in a fresh new stylized format with our mobile-friendly app. Pool Magazine is the app for keeping your fingers on the pulse of the pool industry. Download on Google Play and the App Store. Rudy, I, th I think I think you're, what you said about that pool should not be any less profitable than the others because of the situation they're in and that you should charge them more if you're going to have be adding more chemical to treat that pool because of the issues at hand. I think you're exactly right. And that takes, that takes some time because you need to, you can't just walk up and look at it and say, okay, it's this price. That takes a complete water test to find out and learn that pool prior to you giving a, a, a quote. I, I do that a lot. You just can't quote something over the phone and then you walk up to a pool and realize, oh man, this is going to take like eight gallons of liquid chlorine a week. Uh, you know, I, I need to, to revisit this, this pool or this situation. I think that's where like some of these cheaper services, it's, it's like with the cheaper services where they'll just give the price over the phone. And like you said, you got to go look at the pool before you can get really give a price because you don't know what's going on. And if I, if I give them a price over the phone, it's just going to shoot me, you know, like that's my fault. So I think that's another thing we need people to understand is, Hey, you got to go out to take the time to go out to these pools, bid them, see what's going on before you give a price, because otherwise you won't make any money. That's true too. Cause you can show up to a pool and have it be like a mile long walk, you know, and you've, damn, I didn't account for that or some, something else that could make the pool like just slightly annoying. You want to just compensate for that. So going to the pool before you bid anything. It's always a good idea. I always like to give the analogy of a doctor-patient relationship with the swimming pools, right? Because you're the doctor. You need to see the patient. Your doctor is not going to write you a script from something you tell them over the phone. They're not going to diagnose you over the phone. You're going to have to come in. You're going to have to see them. It's the same thing. We need to see the patient. And just because we have other pools in that county, I don't care if it's the house next door. No two patients are exactly Correct. the same. There's something that's going on at that house next door that makes it different than this one. 
So I need to know what that is. And I found too, it's easy. It's better to start them with a base price because I've had people, you know, oh, I'll come give you a quote and then you make your way all the way there. And, oh, it's going to be, you know, I'm just throwing a number out there. Please no one come for me, but it'll be a hundred bucks a month. Oh, well, my last guy was, Uh you know, we all heard that my last guy only charged me 65 a month. If you tell them on the phone, yes, I'll come look at it. But my, my price starts at whatever price. And then depending on what happens at your pool, it could go up from there. And that will eliminate, eliminate, eliminate a lot of that from when you get there. But after you eliminate (laughs) that person. I had a, I had one time, I had one time a lady be like, Hey, I, I, I told her my price and she's like, well, I get my other service. What was it? It was like $85 for full service with a Groupon. And I'm like, well, there's a reason you're calling me, ma'am. I don't do Groupons. I had a really bad experience from some lady on that found me on Facebook. So I stopped doing that for a while. (laughs) I showed up to her pool didn't touch anything. I was there for five minutes and then she claimed that I drained the spa when I left, which obviously it was a check valve and she wouldn't listen and she went and left me a bad review because of it. And so you drained her spa and it wasn't your fault? Yes. This time. <laughs> but when it and when it happens to the pool, was that your fault? What? No. <laughs> so really it's never your fault, well, it's is not. it? It was the guy that did it before I came here. I found it like that. Matt. <laughs> it was Matt. Um, I just want to point out that uh, I see a lot of people, um, because as we were talking about earlier, you know, something that not a lot of people check for, maybe a lot of people don't understand. Um, so just to clarify for anybody that's the max, there is no maximum level, excuse me, level, but you do want to start addressing the situation when it's 1500 parts per million over the starting level over when the pool was filled. Not if your TDS is 1500 parts per million, you need to drain the pool. So that's a a big um, misconception that I see happening on the social media frontier anyway. So it's 1500 parts per million over the starting level. And that ties into what we were saying before about checking your fill level, your fill water, because it's going to vary from place to place. You can't just make assumptions or, to Kelly's point, the phosphate levels or the calcium hardness levels or any of these things. Responsible dosing. We've mentioned it before. It comes up time and time again. You know what? If there's a test kit for it, you should own it. it. If you're putting it in the pool, you should have the test kit for it. Otherwise, it's it's not responsible. I hate to say irresponsible because it sounds mean. So I'm just going to say it's not responsible dosing. (laughs) It's fucking irresponsible. That's what it comes down to. (laughs) Whatevs. All right. So Tim, buddy, long time doing this, man. You've seen a lot of theories on this stuff change. TDS has been fairly consistent throughout though, huh? I think it has, um, but it's consistently not tested for also. Yes. (laughs) there's a, you know, and maybe we'll do this in our next section. There's a lot of things that are consistently not tested for. And calcium is why I don't know who's at fault. (laughs) Calcium, total chlorine, total alkalinity. Oh, speaking of total chlorine, I told you this before. I can't even find the number three reagent and they don't even carry it 
at distribution because nobody buys it. And there you go. Now we started out saying nice things about wine, wine about Wayne, who's probably wanting to drink wine. He's probably <laughs> wanting to drink wine after that statement. So you'll be getting a call on which distributor that is, I'm sure. But that's that's. Nope. And I don't that. know where it starts. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's in the training. It's passed along. You made a comment in an episode that you didn't test for total alkalinity because you weren't trained to. I did not. Oh, shut up. Huh? I was trained. Huh? And the one where you were giving about? everybody free no training. Oh, acid. when I first started. Yep, yep, yep. When that's I first what I was talking started, about. that's true. All right. You got me on Shush. that one. So, but you weren't trained to. And somehow you accepted that on yourself as that was your fault because you should have known better. But, you know, if you weren't trained to do something, I don't agree with you. That's not your fault. I know when health officials come through in certain areas. Well, I had an idea that I should have been doing it even though I wasn't trained to because I did have some. So when health officials come through in certain areas, they do test the full gamut of everything that's in that test kit. But in a lot of other areas, free chlorine pH, period. And of course, the maintenance people that work at those facilities, you know what they're going to test now? Free chlorine and pH, because people only tend to do what is inspected. So if the only thing they're ever looking at is free chlorine and pH, that's all that person's going to test for. So, Or you could have a situation like mine where they just copy everything that I wrote I have a. I thought they were adding chemicals, and I had to ask them, and they're like, "No, we were just copying." And then there's that. Down. <laughs> okay. You all have talked a lot about it. Just understanding the contributing factors. Oh my god. Knowing how to test for it, knowing how to alter it. You know, those are things that you need to have in your toolbox. Those are things that you need to know how to do. And and you know, like we're all trained to do certain things, but we all learn how things can be done differently, and. I think this whole thing is about learning and learning how to to make those adjustments so they're not costing you profits down the road. I'm just happy all of you guys could be here with us today and definitely look forward to seeing your faces joining us again. And for everybody listening, they won't get to see your faces, but I will vouch for you guys. Your faces were here, but they will get to hear your voices in upcoming episodes and they'll be joining us uh kelly and tim will be joining us from time to time andrea of course will always be here rudy andrea thanks for having me on the show it's been uh, it's been a pleasure and i appreciate the opportunity thank you always fun with you guys <laughs> it really feels like you're shopping for a new co-host where we have somebody else on <laughs> paranoid when you go to your therapist see if you can get a refund because whatever you're talking about is not working <laughs> I don't have one yet. I'm sh still shopping. <laughs> Could be part of the problem. Make a decision. So I would like to encourage everyone listening to follow us, uh, you know, give us good reviews, ask us questions, email us.
I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 